0: Boston Celtics up 2-0 after, I'll call it a relatively easy win. Derek White was awesome. He got MVP chance. Atlanta still won the margins. Are they setting up for a win in game three and overrated chance for Trey Young in the garden? I love you guys. Talk about it all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on, number 18, Tatum and Brown J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Delario B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Prime time, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jay's J's, how we started, raising banners, how we finished, Locked on, Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you're subscribed. So whatever app you use, just hit that subscribe button. If you're a first-time listener, then uh, welcome aboard. I hope you enjoy the show. We tend to pick up a couple of listeners here and there uh, along the route of a, a playoff journey. Also, watchers, people who like to watch the show on YouTube, subscribe there, ring the bell, get notified when I drop new videos. As always, hop into that comment section, let me know what you think, start a conversation, join a conversation, it's all there in a growing Celtics community. I'm John Corrales, I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, I wrote a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and you know I played ball once upon a time. Later on, I'll get into those overrated chants for Trey Young. I it's kind of funny. Plus uh, some of the players of the game that uh, aren't going to get the love in the first couple of sections. The second section, actually I'll, I'll save for some of the, I don't know the maybe the, the less good things. <laughs> Let's just start with the best thing in this, in this game, Derek white, who was awesome. Two straight games now where he's had his, his second best, playoff performance. He had a 30-something point game as part of the uh, Spurs. 36, I think. But he had 26 in this game. He had 24 in the last game. So, 50 points for him in two games. It took him eight games last year to accumulate 50 points for the Celtics in the playoffs. So, the year-to-year progression for Derek White has just been amazing. And we've known it's been amazing all year long, but playoff Derek is just having a good old time out there. He is, I think, enjoying some of the space that's given to Tatum and Brown. I think that's really, really important. That might be one of the most important kind of subplots of the Hawks series, that somebody like Derek White can go off the way he's going off. It's it's great. On the surface, it's great. Good for him, and, and we're, all, we're all loving it. Every podcast you're going to listen to or everything you're going to read, Somewhere, every outlet's going to have a big, glowing Derek White piece, including me on Boston Sports Journal, and obviously here in the first segment of this podcast. But beyond that, there's there's a longer term effect of what Derek White is doing out there, because if you're the Sixers, the Bucks, uh, playoff, a uh, Western Conference playoff team, looking ahead you look at what the Celtics are doing and and, and what the Hawks are trying to do defensively, which is whatever it is, it's not working, but doubling Jason Tatum. Okay, go ahead. He'll give it to Derek white. You better have a good defensive matchup on Derek white because he's hitting from three. He's hitting the floater. He's getting to the rim. He's getting to the line. You want to double Jalen Brown. You want to try and take the ball out of his hands. The, The message here is okay. Sure we're fine with Derek white being the best player on the floor, which he was in game two. I think there's going to be a cumulative effect here where Tatum and Brown right now, obviously if you're the Hawks, you're like, Hey, we cannot, we know Tatum and Brown are going to beat us. We can't let them do all the damage. And Hey, you look at the, the box and Jason Tatum did a lot of damage, 29 points. Shot 50, almost 55%. 10 rebounds, 6 assists. That's a hell of a game. Jalen Brown, only 14 shots, and he hit half of them. So 18 points for him. He had a nice little chill game in 36 minutes because they're kicking back and saying, hey, D. White, go nuts. And he did. 26 points, 11 of 16 shooting. That's great. 2 of 5 from, from 3. That's great. Uh, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks of steal. Beautiful game from Derek White. And other teams are going to look at this and say, you know what, we—I we, don't think we can double. Well, you certainly can't double off of Derek White, and with Horford space in the corner, that's going to be a problem because you can't you can't double off of him. Who do you double off of, Marcus Smart? Well, Marcus is going to make plays as well, and he had 14 points and six assists. He had a couple of quick threes at the beginning, but settled into the game. The point here is Derek White made incredible play after incredible play after incredible play. And the half-court stuff in the wake of these, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown plays. Uh that that's going to be an important development down the line. I really don't care about this series anymore. The Celtics have, I mean, the, the Celtics have everything for, for the Hawks. The Hawks have zero answers, no answers. None of what I saw in this game, too, which was better. Let's give the Hawks credit. They defended a little bit better. They shot a little bit better. But they still couldn't break through. They made it a little tough, but I I never thought the Celtics were in any real danger here. And a lot of that had to do with Derek White, who's making plays on both ends of the floor. And he's blocked... Trey Young three times now in the series, which is a lot. He's and he's guarding him straight up. A lot of times block shots come off of help. And when you're when you're blocking your own guy's shot, that's that's defensive dominance right there. By the way, today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download Game Time. Create an account. Use the code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Trey, I'll, I'll save the Trey young stuff for later, but basically he's too small. This is, uh, it's like the meme too small. He's, he doesn't Derek White's too good. And you, how many guys on the floor do you have to go down in the list to get to how good Trey young has been? Where does he rank on the list? Cause right now I've got Celtics, I've got Tatum Brown. Derek White, I think Marcus Smart has been better than Trey Young. Robert Williams has been better than Trey Young. Malcolm Brogdon has been better than Trey Young. DeJounte Murray has been better. I mean, and then maybe you get to Trey Young because I think that's kind of where you run out of guys who have actually been good in this series. But Derek White blocking uh, Young, he had that block on him before the Malcolm Brogdon heave at the half, half court heave at the end of the first quarter. What a demoralizing quarter that was that first quarter for the Hawks. They came out. They played well. It looked like, oh, okay, the Celtics might be in a little bit of uh, trouble here. I wasn't surprised. The the game flow is basically how Tom and I were talking about it yesterday, kind of how we thought it was going to go, and the Celtics recovered quickly, quicker than I thought they would, and... The Brogdon half court heave put them up at the end of the first quarter. But there was Derek White again, the center of all of this. So you know you can count on Derek White to what? You can get him. He gets into the early offense. He gets them set and ready to go five, six, seven seconds into a possession. He's up there. The ball is moving. He'll he'll pass the ball. He'll shoot the ball. He'll rebound the ball. He went out there. How many rebounds did he get today? Seven rebounds out there. That's just, he he, he does everything. I, the headline I put together is he's Bo- Boston's Mr. Everywhere, uh, everything everywhere all at once. Because he feels like he's doing everything everywhere all at once on the floor. So, yeah, having a little fun with the movie title. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm really impressed with how far Derek White has come, how aggressive he's being. Uh, kind of throws caution to the wind. Uh, going in there for rebounds doesn't care uh, who he's challenging it's really great to see and as i said before he's th- this is going to have a huge impact moving forward because t- how do you defend the celtics if you're sitting there saying we need to we need to let somebody shoot okay it- it's going to end up being marcus smart but th- that's an easy fix even if marcus marcus can very easily just move the ball and not shoot it. Or if he's not hitting, then you get Malcolm Brogdon in there and you give him a shot. And then who do you help off of? So the Celtics are just so uniquely built Atlanta. They got nothing. They got nothing for the Celtics. They won a lot of the margins. Joe Mazzulla likes to talk about the margins. The Hawks won those. They took 15 more three-pointers. Then the Celtics. They took 101 shots to Boston's 86. How do you lose a game? How are you down 22 in the fourth quarter when you've taken that many more shots? Talk about that next. First, today's show brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's a super cool game. You know, if you've ever thought that you could run a team, be an NBA GM, turns out it's not that easy. Uh, check out the ultimate pro basketball GM to find out how hard it really is see if you can make it work the game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise you start from zero nothing you got your your team is in shambles you have to build it back up again how do you do that you got to deal with challenging personalities players and coaches you got to hire the right coaching staff you got to trade players you got to make them better you got to make your draft picks navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft all the ups and downs of multiple seasons listeners of this podcast you get a 100 percent free boost to the franchise when you use the promo code locked on this game is free playable offline and you can play on the go and you get a free boost with the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure you check it out. Download the game, visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code right here on the video, and uh, or just look it up on your app stores, probasketballgm.com, ultimate basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Tomorrow, fun show scheduled. Howard Beck is going to come join the show. Big name, big guest to talk about these first two games See if he can figure anything out with these Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk some more Derek White. We'll figure out what translates. What what is in store for Boston moving forward? It's all on tomorrow's show with Howard Beck, so check that out. The Atlanta Hawks, actually, the numbers in the box score look pretty good for, for the Hawks in terms of they won the possession battle. They put up 101 shots. You put up 101 shots. You're you've got a good chance of winning the game because you got to score. You're going to score a lot. They put up 48 three-pointers. That's a lot. And that's something that they need to do to win. Uh they had 19 offensive rebounds. That is incredible. It's an incredible number for them. That's that was kind of the the same percentage of offensive rebounds close to it that they had in the Miami game. So how does a team do all that and still manage to be down 22 with a couple minutes to go in the fourth quarter? Now the final the final was a 13-point game, but the the Hawks made it look closer than it really was. They they went on a little bit of a run when the game was very much decided, and everybody was screaming for this for Missoula to take his starters out, which You know, probably would have been a good idea, but whatever. It doesn't doesn't matter. The extra two minutes doesn't matter. These guys have a couple of days off. It's not that big of a deal. But they're down 22 at that point. How does that happen? Well, at this point, the Hawks just haven't been able to really find their groove shooting. They put up 101 shots and hit 43. The Celtics hit 48 shots out of their 86. They shot nearly 56%. Why? Because the Hawks' defense is so god-awful that the Celtics still, still got to the rim. Now, the, the Hawks' defense was better, and it challenged. They challenged a lot more. They blocked four shots. They the, the Celtics did see some help there at the rim, but they still finished with 64 points in the paint to so the Hawks' 40. The Celtics were 32 of 49 in the paint. So that could have been worse for the Hawks. Could have been worse, but yet the Celtics still managed to win that by 24. The Hawks put up 48 three-pointers. The Celtics put up 33, but they only lost the three-point battle by th- by three points. One three-pointer. The Celtics shot 45.5% on their three-pointers. The Hawks shot 16 of 48, 33.3% percent. The Hawks have to shoot better if they're going to even have a chance. There were all, there were, there were no free throws in this game. The Hawks were four of eight. The Celtics were eight of 10. That's ridiculous. And then the, the offensive rebounding, 19 offensive rebounds, not great, not great for the Celtics. They could clean that up. But amazingly, when you give up 19 offensive rebounds to only give up 13 second-chance points. They gave up five buckets. Out of 19 offensive rebounds, they gave up 12 attempts and five baskets. And that's the second-chance second points. The Hawks, the, when I compared this game, rebounding percentage-wise to the Miami play-in game, the difference there is the Hawks piled up tons of second-chance points. They crushed Miami with second chance points. Everything, every offensive rebound was a dunk. Here, the Celtics, okay, they they don't they they didn't rebound as well as they should have. This was not as good a rebounding game as the uh, game one. However, they did a good job after that of defending and making sure that those didn't turn into easy second chance points. When you when you get 19 offensive rebounds, and some of them are tips and whatever, and so you get 12 attempts. You still have to cash in. Those are those are generally close to the basket. You you should be cashing in on a lot of those. Those should turn into free throws or something. And the Hawks just that should have been a much bigger disparity. They it was 13 6 in second chance points for the Hawks. That has. To, if you're going to get 19 offensive rebounds, you gotta you gotta have a bigger disparity there in second chance points. So it just tells me more that the the Hawks don't have enough to to hang with the Celtics. But I will say that the Celtics have set themselves up for what I think is going to be a game three loss because th- this is still the uh they're still giving up too many offensive rebounds. They're turning the ball over a little too much. They had 16 uh, turnovers. But again, here's 16 turnovers for the Celtics, 16 for the Hawks. But the Celtics turned those 16 turnovers into 22 points where the Hawks got 14 points. So you the turnovers were even, but that's an eight point, that's an eight point swing uh, there. So that's something that You, you, if you're the Hawks, you look at that and you say, not good enough, not good enough. Um, and I just don't know how the Hawks do fix this. You know what I mean? I'm trying to look at this from the Hawks perspective so I can figure out what the Celtics need to do. And frankly, all the Celtics need to do is stop turning the ball over. Be, be a little bit better there. Rebound better. And everything else will be good. But if you're going to give up 101 shots and this is the second straight game where the Celtics have been outshot as far as volume. One of these games in Atlanta is going to turn into a hot shooting night. Uh, Trey young is going to hit some shots. Uh, Now, DeJounte Murray was, was pretty good in this one. He was 11 of 24, seven of 13 from three. They had a big night there, but he was the only guy who was really doing anything significant. Deandre Hunter hit a couple of shots early, but he, he, Tailed off. John Collins was a nothing. Clint Capella was a nothing. Uh guys off the bench, Bogdanovich had a, a stretch where he was he was hitting shots. That's it. That's it. So I think the, the Hawks will be due. I wouldn't be surprised if Friday night turned into a loss and we, we come back to Boston for a game five. Uh and as we said yesterday, I'm sure the owners wouldn't mind a game five, but that's it. It's going to take such incredible shooting variance that no matter how I slice this game, no matter how I look at it, put it in in conjunction with game 1, I just don't see a way for the Hawks to stop the Celtics. Because even with some help, they still got to the rim. They still get to the rim kind of whenever they want. And then they still work the ball around and get whatever shot they want out of that. 28 points. I'm sorry, 28 assists on 48 made baskets. The Celtics were slinging the rock. You know, six assists for Tatum, six for Marcus Smart, eight for Malcolm Brogdon. A lot of good performances there. I, I just don't see the Hawks. Sorry, just don't see it. Hawks are not good. Their defense is trash garbage and the Celtics can do whatever they want if the Hawks are going to win a game one game they're gonna have to shoot the lights out and the Celtics are gonna have to come back down to Earth but now we're going into Atlanta so Jalen's playing at home uh Brogdon's playing at home and we'll see maybe those guys step up and maybe maybe Friday night story is Jalen Brown's 40point game and Malcolm Brogdon with 20 off the bench and you know maybe maybe the Hawks do shoot well but the Celtics still shoot better so we'll see how that goes Uh individual performances haven't talked about Jason Tatum yet Uh haven't talked about uh Al Horford or any of these guys so I'll do individual performances next plus those overrated chants I love Boston fans man you guys are the best sometimes <laughs> first today's show brought to you by the game time app last minute tickets it feels like sporting events expect you to have your life planned out five, six months ahead of time. Uh, I I can't plan my life out five, six hours ahead of time. I have so many things going on. And sometimes you wake up on a weekday and you say, I need a mental health day or a weekend. You say, you know, it's a great day. Let me go to a show, a game, something. Well, that's where the game time app comes in. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for any sport you want, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, anything that sells tickets. Basically, it's on game time, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time credits you 110% of the difference. There you go. You can get an image of your seat before you buy so you know what you're looking at. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, a couple of taps, and they can get sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to fly through your email. At, I've, I've done that before. It's uncomfortable. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA. You get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I always think you should be listening to the other Locked On podcasts out there, like Locked On Hawks, to get their perspective. Uh, Brad does a great job there. Very even-keeled, very straightforward, no homerism there. So check out Locked On Hawks to get their perspective. I've tried to see things from the Hawks' perspective, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think he has much optimism either. Let's let's start with some of the uh individual performances here that uh we saw, and then we'll finish off with the overrated chance. Uh let's start with Jason Tatum, who was the leading scorer. 29 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Uh shot 54 and a half percent, shot five of nine from three. He's in a groove. Uh I think one of the things, the most impressive thing about Tatum in this game. Uh, First of all, you know, some really good defense again. And I think just comfortably accepting double teams. And this goes back to the Derek White conversation, but also he found Al Horford for a huge kind of capper three-pointer in the corner with a bullet pass. I mean, that thing was in baseball terms, a frozen rope over to Horford for a a corner three-pointer. Tatum's just comfortable in that double team. Not that the Hawks are sending double teams that mean anything. They're not great doubles. They're very obvious. They're not aggressive. And so Tatum's just like, yeah, okay. I'll come on. Let's you want to, just follow me over here. Just follow me over here. And, uh, Oh, Bing, here's a pass. You're done. You're screwed. Cause now you're in rotation. Uh, I don't know what the Hawks are going to do. I, I I thought they might go into a zone. I think they should go into a zone and just dare the Celtics to start bombing away. Celtics only took 33 three-pointers in this game, which is not a lot for the Celtics to, to take uh, 53 two-pointers. That was the flow of the game. That's That's what they should have done. But I don't know. The Hawks probably want to. Dare the Celtics to take more and see if they can't have a, a 28% shooting night. But tatum, Tatum's tatum been feeling it. He had a stretch. There's a stretch in the second quarter. Actually, go back to the first quarter where the Celtics finished on a 13-0 run. And then in the second quarter, that's where the Celtics really got some separation. Derek White, awesome. Malcolm Brogdon had a stretch there where he was just slinging the rock and he was really picking the the hawks apart and then Tatum was just finishing he was he was the finisher in that quarter he had a 14 point second quarter to to give the Celtics a a big lead or a comfortable lead at halftime i think the flow of the game by the way is what tom and i were talking about and i think that third quarter there was no real lull in the third quarter um i think the hawks made a run which was an actual Hawks run. like That was the Hawks being an NBA team, and this is what it takes uh, to beat an NBA team. This wasn't a lull. I think the Celtics actually played a really good game for the most part, minus some of the things that they need to clean up. But everybody in the team played well, and uh, that run that the Hawks made was legitimately like uh, DeJounte Murray just got hot, Bogdanovich got hot, and they were just hitting everything. And so I, I just I just feel like um, that run was like a legitimate, this is an NBA playoff team. This is the run that they make. So I'm not gonna fault anybody there for that. Um, but the third quarter, uh, I, I thought you know, you, you had some some nice performances there from Tatum. Tatum was just really good throughout this game. Uh, Jalen Brown, like I said before, just a, a casual a casual 18 points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals, two blocks kind of game. He didn't force anything. And that's one of the things that we're worried about in, in the playoffs. Are these guys going force to force things? One of my favorite stats here is the fourth quarter stats because Jason Tatum took six shots, five points. Jalen Brown took one. Derek white is the guy who he was five of seven, 14 points in the fourth quarter. They let him cook. They just, he was the only guy. Well, actually Tatum hit hit two shots, but everyone else hit, hit one shot. Everyone else who scored and Derek white had five of seven. So it was nice to see everybody just kind of sit back and say, yeah, go ahead, Derek, you got this. So just a nice, you know, Jalen had a, a decent game Al Horford had, you know, had had uh that one play where he got a blocked shot, a wild block shot, and then came down. I think it was the third quarter and got a corner three out of it. That was that was beautiful. Uh so nice game from Al Horford. Robert Williams, they had a stretch there early in the game, second quarter, where Rob just got position and they kept dumping it into him and he just kept finishing. Nice to see aggressive Robert Williams in there and and finishing around the rim. He missed one shot for the first time in forever. So, but I thought getting Rob in there and getting him, if they're going to have somebody smaller and Rob's going to be there and you just toss it up to a place where he can grab it and he can go finish super smart, punish them, punish the Hawks for these matchups. They did a good job looking at that. And so he, he did a good job. Thought Rob was really good there. Marcus smart took a couple of uh, early shots, uh, in the beginning of the game, the first quarter, but he settled into the game very well. After that, he played really well. 14 points, six assists, five rebounds. Just, a, I think it was a really good, smart game from him. Shout out to Sam Hauser who played 15 minutes and only hit one shot. Was one for one, but still was worth playing in 15 minutes. His defense has been good. I mean, it's for Sam Hauser. He had a couple of possessions there where he was switching on multiple guys, and he. He hung around that he he's he's done a good job. He had three rebounds in the game using his height to his advantage. This is this is great. This is great because you you got Grant Williams there as a DNP again. You don't have to go to Grant Williams if you don't like the matchup. You get him. Just make sure you're rested. Keep your cardio up on off days. Get ready because you're going to go bang against Joel Embiid and switch on to Harden. Philly's going to be a big Grant Williams series. Milwaukee's going to be a big Grant Williams series. So save that bullet. You don't have to, you don't have to burn it. So good. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm very much okay with that. But top to bottom, everybody had a good game. Everybody who played had a good game. And this is this is what you want to see. Even though the Hawks made a run and they cut it uh down. The Celtics had it up to 20. The the Hawks cut it down. The Celtics got it right back up to two, to twenty-two there in the fourth quarter. It's just a nice a nice response. The, I am not upset at the Celtics giving up part of their lead because I thought that's just the Hawks doing what they do. The Hawks being an p- explosive uh, offensive team, so good for the Celtics. I thought they did a really good job. They held they held the Hawks to I think really good numbers. I and mean, look at the uh, advanced numbers. A one hundred and five offensive rating for the Hawks is good. That's way below their their regular. Uh, output so uh, i'm i'm happy with that i'm happy to see that meanwhile the Celtics have an assist percentage of 58% their offensive rating is 115 that that's really good you know their so their offensive rating 115 is really good their defensive rating is 105 which is better than it was during the course of the season all in all really good numbers really good game and the Celtics are up 2-0 so again, Howard Beck tomorrow to talk about these first two games. We're going to get a good outside perspective. Am I being am I being kind of dismissive? Oh, by the way, the overrated chance. I got <laughs> I do want to mention this. At the end of the game, so the Athletic did an anonymous poll of 100 or so players and they asked who's who's the most overrated player in the NBA and Runaway winner was Trey Young with, like, 50-something votes. Uh, so, he, not the most popular guy in the league. So, he's he's considered by these NBA players, anyway, the most overrated player in the league. Well, the folks around the, the section where I was in, 18, 17, 16, those sections were very, I guess, in tune with either the athletic or the tweets that were going around tied to that because and, and before the game I was talking to Jay King and Sam Packard formerly of this podcast and I said let's see how many how many athletic subscribers you guys got out there if we get an overrated chant I I specifically talked to those guys before the game saying we'll see if you if we get an overrated chant that's gonna be a good sign for you guys and what happens at the end of the game when Trey Young was taking free throws overrated chant that was that was very well done. Uh, very, very well done. Celtics fans. I, and I a hundred percent agree. I think he is the most overrated player in the league. I'll ask, I'll ask, uh, you know, uh, Howard Beck, what he thinks about that. But again, check that out but tomorrow. That's going to be tomorrow's podcast. And then one more podcast to go before uh, game three on Friday. I will obviously do a post game podcast there. Then Sunday is game four. Maybe the Celtics will be going for a sweep Every one of these games analyzed, broken down in detail here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Hopefully you are enjoying it as a new listener and subscribing. Whatever app you're using, this show is there. Watch the show on YouTube. Would love to see you in the comment section there, joining the conversation or starting a conversation. And if you're a regular listener, as always, you know I love you for being a regular listener. All the people that come up to me at the Garden and say hi makes my day. Just makes my day. Thank you so, so much. I hope you're spreading the word, telling everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.